for our word room. This morning as we open the word of God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. God, even as so many in our community are asking, crying out for prayer, God, we pray, may you bring your unity. May you bring your peace. May you bring your safety, Lord, as only you can. God, this morning, show us how we can be a part of your plan to heal our nation's wounds. Now bless our time together. I exist in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Well, praise God. You look so beautiful out there. Amen. Good seeing you. All of you here, good seeing you. Uh, God bless all of you. I mean, it's so good seeing Larry, Chantre, y'all. God bless y'all. Good having you back. God bless you. Don't want to embarrass nobody. If I hadn't seen you in a while, I can't always tell everybody with the mask, but it's good to see. Good seeing you, my young brother. Uh, I grew up, your mother grew up with me. Tell me your name again. Gerard. Let's thank God for Gerard. Come on. Let's thank God for him. Amen. Good seeing you, my brother. Amen. I, I don't want to back. If you want to acknowledge, you're a visitor, we, you, you wave your hand. We just want to just honor you. Any visitors? God bless you. Come on, let's thank God. For, God bless all. Don't, let, let's just give all of our visitors just a round of applause. Amen. God bless all of you. It's so good having you. Well, amen. If, if you have your Bibles, I, I'm, I'm going to be all over, but I'm, I'm going um, to sort of pick up where we left off. I said, listen to me. You know, the answer to the world's problems and the world, world divide is the church. I'm grateful for our president-elect who has made a vow that the first part of his, the, he, has a, he said, I have a mandate to usher in a time to heal in America, to comfort those who are bruised and angry. And so we thank him for having that mandate, but how many of you know that only the church can bring healing to a hurting world i'm grateful for our political leaders we're to pray for all those in authority but you know the reality is uh only the gospel message of jesus christ can help us to overcome the anger the hate and the division in our society and i said it this way i started out by saying but before we can help others overcome their hate and their anger how you know we got anger, our own and to deal with our own, our own divisions, our own anger, our own divide. Because one of the things that this past election and this whole season has showed us is that, that the church is often as divided as the world. And if we're going to, it's going to take a united church to heal a divided world. And so if we're going to see healing, it got to start with us. I've, I've put together, I mean, I, I, I want to show about a three-minute clip of a video um martin luther king jr his daughter is named bernice king and she was interviewed recently about the racial divide in the nation and i want you to if they're ready i'd like them to show just a little bit of that clip about three minutes of that clip are y'all ready amen they're going to show about a three minute clip and uh she echoes what i shared last week Amen. There you go. As a church, I think we're still in our silos, and I think we're still focused on our individual agendas. Um, I don't think we've understood our true call um, to the world, in fact. Uh, we're, we're to be the light, 
and the salt. Yeah. Um, light is a guide. I mean, we turn on light. I mean, when it's dark, you turn on light so you can see where you're going. Um, and right now, uh, we've, we've kept the light within the confines of, of our church holistically. Now, there are some people who are part of the church who um, obviously have been uh, um, standing up for things that they believe is, is according to the word of God. Um, but I think where we're failing is we haven't spent enough time truly creating a brother and a sisterhood um, amongst those of us who call ourselves the body of Christ. Um, we we kind of go into our separate quarters on that Sunday morning, that hour that my father called the most yes, segregated hour at 11 o'clock or now it's 9, 11, 1 or 7.45 and 10.45. <laughs> but it would be so wonderful if we found a way to come out of those individual um, church settings and really aligned with each other on very important things that affect the whole of humankind. Um, but in, in order to do that, there's some I believe some purging and some cleansing um, and some acknowledgement uh, that has to happen uh, in the body of Christ. I mean, a lot of things unfortunately took place at the hands of, of Christians and Christian leaders through history. America to really uh, damaged um, the opportunity for America to really um, have clean hands because we've heard a lot of apologies. The biggest issue now is really a repentance. We have to change our direction. That means we have to do a lot of heart searching to see how um, we are perpetuating or how our silence, our acquiescence, um, or our um, indifference perhaps, or sometimes just ignorance may be contributing uh, to the perpetuation of what still exists. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, I, I think that the church missed its moment yes. when your father was alive. Yes. Because that dream was given to your father to steward, but it was given to the body of Christ. Exactly. And he spoke to that in his letter from the Birmingham jail in 1963, 54 years ago. He, he spoke about, you know, uh, his surprise uh, at the... Um, lack of involvement and understanding, first and foremost, of the, the church, the, the, he called them the white moderate Christians, um, who he thought would have rallied around him and supported his efforts and been a part of it um, when they went. Amen. You know, I, I wanted to just hear that clip because notice what she said, that's Bernice King, the daughter of Martin Luther King Jr., who was assassinated in his fight for freedom and justice and equality and uh, his dream to see us be a united uh, uh, people that one day little white boys and little black boys would sit down at the table together. That was his dream and, and uh, he recognized that often it was the church that stood in the way. It was the church that was often the most divided and I want to say again, if we want to bring healing to our nation, how I many know it has to start with every one of us? It's not always what we're doing, sometimes what we're not doing. Notice what she said, sometimes, uh, sometimes our silence 
sometimes our lack of involvement. And I just believe that, listen, if we're going to see unity, we, I'm going I'm to talk about that this morning. That's why I'm going to spend most of my energy. Unity is hard work. And it's going to take, take more. Than, you're going to have to be willing to get out of your comfort zone. How many know it's easy to just fellowship with just people like yourself? Isn't that right, Judy? It's easy to just hang with people who talk like you, look like you, speak like you. But how many know it takes work to build bridges and love people across the, across the, you know, if we're political divide, the ethnic divide. How many know it, it, it's going to take work? And I want you to know if we're going to be what God wants us to be, we're going to have to do the hard work of unity. And it starts with our own, in her word, the hard work of repentance. We must turn. We must confess our sin. Even as Hosea said, come, let us return to the Lord. He has wounded us so that he, can, he alone can heal us. And I believe that it has to happen. And so I looked at four areas that we need to repent of. We need to stop. We need to repent of copying the behavior of the world. How I many you know sometimes the churches look more like the world? I'm telling you, heaven's not going to be segregated. Oh, somebody give God some amen. Listen to me. If you got a hard time with, pe with people that don't look like you, you're not going to like heaven. Because the Bible says when John saw a picture of heaven, he said, I saw them from every tribe, every kindred, every tongue, every race around the throne of God. And they were worshiping. Come on. How many of you know I'm looking like I, I want to have heaven here? But listen to what he said. Jesus said, pray thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, it's all right in heaven, but how many know Jesus wanted here on earth? How many want to work to see it happen here? Somebody gave me a word on last Sunday. He said, Neil, God's going to do it. It's been always my desire to see a greater diversity, to see a greater, you know, I, I, want, I want to have a church filled with, with Hispanic and, and Asian and African-American and white and Jew and Gentile and rich and poor and educated and uneducated. That's what Jesus' church should look like. Can I have an amen? So if you want to settle just for the sterile, the, 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 the people that just look like you, talk like you, act like you, then, then have be it. But I want to have what Jesus wants. And Jesus wanted church. And I said, so we got to repent for copying the behavior of the world. I, I said, secondly, I said, we, we, ha we have to also repent for allowing our politics to usurp God's rightful place. I'm going to say it again. God is not a Republican or a Democrat or an independent for that matter. He's great. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And so the Bible tells in Psalm 146, do not put your trust in princes and mortal men who cannot save you. I say, thirdly, we got to repent for being more passionate about politics than we are about Jesus. Or whatever else you're passionate about. I don't know about you, but how many know there's only one who deserves our passion and our love, and it's Jesus. And lastly, I said, we got we to gotta repent for looking at the, 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 the speck in our brother's eye and not seeing the log in our own eye. Jesus said, and why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye? Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye, then you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. How many know we got to start with ourselves? And I believe it's already happening. Come on. How many know I believe if we'll repent? Last Sunday, many of us came to the altar many of us 
sat in our chair, many of us right where we are, we said, God, start with us, God. Do the hard work of repentance and change in our own heart. Because if how many of we wanna if we wanna heal them, how many of we gotta start in here? Can I have an amen? And so third, secondly, I want to pick up where I left off. And this morning I want to talk about, we turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 3, and I'm going to read verses 3 through 6, and I'm going to talk. But here's point number two. If we're going to he be a healing agent to the world, if we're going to heal America's wounds, then we're going to have to strive to have unity in the church. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul writing, and he says, listen, just, just, I, he says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Listen, for there is one body, one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is over all, in all, and living through all. I like the way the message Bible says, listen, pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love. Do you hear that? Let me just tell you, if you and I are going to have unity, it's going to require pouring ourselves out for each other in acts of love. Listen, we say, start, he, he says, alert at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. Did you hear that? I want you to know if you're going to have unity, you're going to have to work for it. The word strive literally means to fight vigorously for. It means to a great effort to achieve something. In other words, it doesn't happen automatically. How many have discovered that unity just don't happen? You know, uh, I, I, was, I, I, I majored in physics when I was in college, and one of the laws of physics is that things go from a, a state of order to disorder. In other words, unity is not natural. It, in other words, disunity is natural. If you can fight for it, and I've learned whether it's in your home, whether it's on your job, you got to work for it. Anybody been married, you know that you, you learn that unity takes hard work. How many of you understand? that Kenneth saying amen Jovi you agree with him <laughs> unity is hard work and Paul said you got to make every effort I'm going to say it again it's not automatic we, we're going to have to work for it why is it worth working for I want to tell you one of the greatest challenges uh, in the body of Christ is bringing people together and working together unity. I remember one time a pastor said to a group of pastors, he said, getting pastors together is like herding cats. They don't herd together. But the devil is a lie. <laughs> it, it takes work. But I want you to know that, that, there, that often uh, people resist uh, unity, one working together. The devil's primary strategy is to divide us because Jesus said a house divided against itself cannot stand. A kingdom or a nation divided against itself cannot stand. And so one of the strategies of the devil is to always divide you. You got to know that. Listen, in relationships, uh, you got to know the devil works overtime to keep you divided because he know that you, when, you, when you are united, you are a powerful force in the earth. And so I want to share with you, first of all, there, there's three benefits of unity. First of all, unity, we're better together. Look at somebody and say, we're better together. I don't know about you. Let me just say, 
one of the one of the privileges I've had the opportunity to to build relationships with people from various races. When I I I I've gone to 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 different parts of the world, uh, and I've had the great privilege to go to uh, travel, and it's it's a wonderful thing. I've been able to glean and draw and learn from the various cultures of the world, and it's been a great privilege. When I was in India. I've learned things from the people there in India that I didn't learn here in America. When I was in China, I learned things from the Chinese that I, I didn't, uh, that we don't see here. There's value in every culture. When I was in Russia, there were things I learned from the Russians that I didn't learn here. You know, and, and everywhere I've gone in the world, I've, I've gleaned. And, and uh, you know, one of the first places I went was in Mexico. You know, every culture. But I'll tell you, y'all think y'all eat Mexican food. But ain't you that, that stuff not real. But when you go to Mexico and you get a real taco, anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm talking, the stuff you got uh, at Taco Bell, that's all the, that's fake. But, but I'm talking about, listen, some of the best Mexican food food I ate was right there on the streets of Mexico uh, where we went there and I'm talking about it was some of the best food but I want you to know that there's things I've learned to glean from every culture and I believe that we when we I, I'm gonna say it again we are better together can I have an amen listen to me I, I love diversity because God loves diversity God created a diverse world aren't you glad he didn't just make one race of people but God made from one man all the races of the world God wanted some black folk God wanted some white folk God wanted some red folk he wanted some yellow he wanted some brown he want I'm talking he loves all the races come on Aren't you glad that's not just one flower, but God loves all the flowers, and God loves the rainbow of colors because he loves people. And if we're going to be like God, we're going to have to work for it. Listen to me. So it means you got to pour out yourselves. You got to strive. That means you got to put up with some stuff. The, the rest of the message Bible said, listen, our, Alert at noticing differences, quick at mending fences. And listen, you, you were all called to travel on the same road in the same direction. So to so stay together. We go into one heaven and there's one road. And how I many know we've all been called to travel together? Can I have an amen? That's not two roads. That's not, but that's one road. And we've been called to journey together. I like what he said. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who rules over all, works through all, and is present in all. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. Can I have an amen? But it requires work. It requires you and I pouring ourselves out for each other in acts of love. It requires mending fences where, where people have been hurt and wounded. It's going to take work. And I'm going to tell you, but it's worth the work. It's worth the work of unity. I, and, and if I were to say, how many have been hurt in this church? Uh, uh, just let me, just, how many have been hurt in this church? Raise your hand. Come on, just, just raise your hand. Mostly if you, if, you have, if you didn't raise your hand, you're lying you, or, you, or you just hadn't. We live in a broken world. We're going to be disappointed. We're going to be hurt. But listen to me. It's worth it working together. I've been married this December will be 37 years. Hear me. 
And I want you to know that my wife and I have had our share of differences. It has required us to mend fences. But I want you to know it's worth it. Because we're better together. Come on, God. I want you to know we're better together. The second, listen, the second reason why, you know, not only because we're better together, but here's the one I love the most. is because God blesses unity. Oh, put that down. The Bible says in Psalms 133, I didn't give you that in my notes, but if y'all could pull that up on the screen. Psalms 133, I want to, I, I, I can quote, most of you know it by heart. It says, how good, say good, and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. I want you to know that it is there, it goes on to say, there God commands the blessing. How many of you want to be blessed? Just let me see you. How many of you want more of the blessing of God on your life, in your home, in your marriage, in your family? Now I want you to know, you cannot live in the blessing of God. You cannot live as a child of God and experience His blessing. We're having disunity, division, and, and being divisive. You have to learn how to have unity because unity brings blessing. I'm going to give you an example. I do, this one is fresh from the Holy Spirit. As I was praying before the message this morning, I was reminded, you know, when Ann and I were first married, well, I tell you, we, we, we were like all in water sometimes. It, it was rough. And we would get in an argument, but this is what would happen. Sometimes we would get uh, in, in uh, heated arguments and division. And you know what would happen? One of our children would get sick. Something would break. One of us would come down with an illness. And we began to realize that, that, that whenever we allowed unity, you know, it happened one time, then we didn't pay it, you know, we, maybe it was just a coincidence. Happened another time and another thing went bad. Happened another, we began to see there's a, there's a direct correlation that when we had odds with one another, that we see curses we see division we see we see things break we see instead of blessing we see look like things begin to we we money begin to go out and and things begin to break and 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 sickness begin to come but we learned that when we were at unity peace was in our home joy was in our home blessing would flow in our home when we were in unity, we saw God, how God would open doors to bless us. We began to see that, man, that was a direct correlation that if we can stay in unity, oh, I'm telling you, the place of unity, I said to this way, the, play of the place of agreement is the place of power. It is the place of blessing. That's why Jesus said, when two or more can agree together as touching anything, I will do it so that, listen, God, Jesus said, I will do it. Uh, when you agree in prayer, he said, I would do it so that my father might be glorified. I want you to know, if you want to begin to experience blessing in your relationship, it starts with you and I walking in unity. God showed me this analogy. Do you know that they're saying that 2020 will go down as probably one of the worst years in American history? We've seen record number of hurricanes, and they still got another one coming. We've seen record numbers of wildfires, and it's still got some burning. We've seen a pandemic we hadn't saw in over 100 years. Could it be, just could it be possible that because of the great division, 
we see in the great destruction? Could it be possible that because of a great division, we see in the great sickness? Could it be possible that the reason why we have an economy that, that's in trouble is because we have so much division? I believe that's true in our homes, true in our nation. I believe that that's why if we can get a home right, I want you to know if we get unity in the home, we get blessing in the home. I believe we get unity in our nation. I believe it will stop the curse. I believe it will heal the pandemic. I believe it will stop the storm. Come on, somebody. I believe that God wants to bring healing. But healing is not going to come until we deal with the divide. And I believe that clearly, that listen to me, if we want the blessing of Jesus on our nation once again, then we're going to have to strive. We're going to have to make every effort. We're going to have to do the hard work of getting along. How many know it's hard work to get along? Listen, with Paul writing to the Corinthian church, they were just much like us. Listen what he said, I appeal to you, Dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather be of one mind, united in thought and in purpose. For some members of Chloe's household have told me about your quarrels. My dear brothers and sisters, some of you are saying, I'm of the Republican Party. And others are saying, I'm of the Democratic Party. And others are saying, I'm of the Independent Party. I just interjected that. <laughs> Sound familiar, doesn't it? They allow, here in the church, they were allowing division over who they were following. One was saying, I'm a follow Paul. One was saying, I follow Peter. One was saying, I follow Christ. And he said, is Christ divided? The Message Bible says it this way. I have serious concern to bring up with you, my dear friends, using the authority of Jesus, our master. I'll put it as urgently as I can. You must get along with each other. You must learn to be considerate of one another cultivate a life in common that's a word for many of you today you can win the argument and lose the relationship and right now in america we're winning the argument but we're losing relationships and i want you to know that's why for some of you it's better not to post nothing than to post the thing that created divisiveness and anger and resentment and lose relationships over what? And the very people you argue with, God's going to make them, make them uh, live next door to you in heaven for eternity. <laughs> oh, yeah. The people you say, I can't stand. Guess what? You're going to be forced to live with them for the rest of your life. <laughs> hear me unity brings blessing but disunity brings curse is the one thing notice the church deal with all kinds of issues but I want you to know the one thing Paul said we can't tolerate in the church is division and, and, and he wrote to the same church he said listen if somebody is divisive warn them once warn them twice he said after the third time put them out 
because nothing will stop the blessing, the favor of God in the church like disunity. I want you to know, I've been a pastor now for 20, 25 plus years, and I want you to know that God can put up with a whole lot of stuff, but nothing will quench and hinder the Spirit of God like, like, like disunity. You get Christians fighting among one another. You get Christians hating on one another. And I want you to know, you can have the most anointed preaching, but it will be dead like a doornail. I want you to know, you can have, you can bring in uh, Billy Graham in here and nobody will get saved in a place where there's disunity. God moves in a place where there's unity. That's the, the opposite is true. When there's a unit, when there's a place of unity, I want you to know that the Bible says it's like the oil that ran down on Aaron's head. The oil speaks of the anointing. It came down his head, down his beard, down his garment. It says it's like the dew that's on Mount Hermon. I want you to know that dew always speaks of refreshing. I don't know about you, but we need a refreshing. How many know we need a greater anointing? Some saying, some saying, why we don't see the miracles? Why we don't see a greater anointing? I'm telling you why. Because I want you, the anointing flows where there's unity. I want you to know, God, let me just say, he withholds anointing when there's division and when there's strife. But when God can find people in unity, Oh, I want you to know it is sweet. I want, it'll, it'll flow down. He says there he commands the blessing. Y'all want to know, listen to me. I work hard to maintain unity in my marriage and in my family because I know that nothing will stop God's blessing on my life quicker than when we're at odds and when we have disunity. And so I have to be careful. Let me just tell you, I'm going to tell you, this is going to help y'all. You know, one of the things that helped me keep unity it's sometimes watching my mouth. Look at somebody and say, you got to watch your mouth. Not just true in your marriage, true in our nation. The reason why a lot of us are in trouble is because we don't watch our mouth. We, we got these keyboard warriors. You see, we will say things, we will write things on the internet that we wouldn't say to people sitting in front of them, with, or looking them right in the eye to their faces. And I'm telling you, if we're going to have unity, we're going to have to watch what we say. Because the Bible said, death and life is in the power of the tongue. Words are powerful. Words, words have, let me just tell you, words ha have power. They can bring life or they can bring death. And you got to determine, listen to me, you and I have been given an opportunity. We can speak life or we can speak death. I I'm telling you, I've not always passed the test, but I'm learning. Let me just tell you, when people come across devices, I try to bless them. I try to speak peace over their life. I'm just telling you, I've learned, I I listen to me, I've learned that, let me just tell you, if, 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 if you want to uh, uh, want God's hand on your life, you got to control what you say with your mouth. And the reason why sometimes we have disunity in our lives is because we're not controlling what's, in our, what's coming out of our mouth. The Bible said the tongue can be a world of iniquity. Uh, it is set on fire by hell. With it, we bless God and we curse men. You come to church and you raise your hand and praise God, and then you go home and you cuss one another. God said that ought not to be. And if you and I want to see the hand of God, the blessings of God, then we're going to have to learn to control what we say, 
control what we post, control what we put, because I want to know nothing will hinder the unity that like when we, when we release wrong words. And so I'm, listen, let me just tell you, the third reason why we need to fight, strive, make every effort for unity, because unity is the greatest witness to the world that Christ has come. Jesus' last prayer in John 17. I'm reading the last part of John 17, 23. Listen to what he said. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. How will the world know that Jesus has come? When we have perfect unity. How will the world know that God loves them like he, lo like he loves when we have unity? Let me just tell you how unity is such a beautiful thing. On Thursdays, you know, we, 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 we distribute food to the community, and we have, I, I invite different uh, groups to come volunteer. We have a group of uh, Latino, uh, Hispanic families that are come, and they'll volunteer. We have some uh, white folks who come. We have some black folks come. And, and it's beautiful as we come, get together, and pray together, and serve our community together. Well, this past Thursday, this older white lady came to me. I better stop saying older. Middle age. Middle age. <laughs> this middle aged lady came and she said, Pastor, I feel so safe here. I feel peace here. Isn't that amazing? Because when there's unity, it brings safety. It brings peace. I told her, oh, I said that blesses me so much what you share because we're living in a world where so many people are afraid where so many people are anxious where so many people are, are nervous but I want you to know when there's unity I want you to know it releases the safety it releases the peace of God it releases the love the joy of God and that's what God wants and that's what he wants here. Can I have an amen? How many of you, and that's what we're going to have here because we're going to work towards having uh, every race, every tribe, every kindred that's in the St. John Parish here. Can I have an amen? <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, because that's what God loves. Listen, it's a blessing. If you and I want to see his blessing Listen, this is what I want to say. Here's some practical things. Romans 14, 1. I'm reading out of the Message Bible. If you, if, if you have it on the screen, Romans 14, 1. Listen, how do, we, how do we live this out? Paul gives us some practical examples on how you and I can have unity. And listen to what he said. Welcome with open arms, fellow... Let's read it again. Welcome with open arms, fellow believers who don't see things the way you do. Anybody know somebody who don't see things the way you do? Listen to what he said. You got to welcome them with open arms. I like the next part of that verse. Listen to that. And don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. Some of y'all, that's all you need to hear today. You can go home and you just need to work on that the rest of the week. I'm going to say that again. And don't jump all over, every, over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. 
I think I might need to read that one more time. And don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. He goes on to say, even when it seems that they are strong on opinions but weak in faith department. Did y'all hear that? Remember, they have their own history to deal with and treat them gently. So listen, here are three things that all of us can learn if we want to have unity. First of all, welcome people with open arms. In other words, don't be, don't be close. We need to be a welcoming people. Uh, uh, in Romans chapter 15, the next verse, chapter 1, it says, he said, accept one another just as Jesus accepted you. You know, something powerful happens when you open your arms and you open your doors and you welcome people. We ought to be a welcoming people. People, when they walk in here, they ought to feel so loved. They ought to say, man, there was nothing like I felt so warm. I felt so loved when I walked through the doors. That, that, that used to be our testimony. That used to be people would say, Pastor, the, the reason why I joined the church, because the minute I walked in this door, I felt so welcome. I felt so loved. I felt so warm. I want to tell you, listen to me, uh, it, that ought to be our testimony that because you can't fake it. The world know when you fake it. That's why I want to say to every usher, every greeter, make sure your heart right when you come into this place. Because people know when you remember, I'm not. They know when you really want them to be here. That's why I want to say to every member, I'm not. I want to pick on. A, listen to me. That's why you ought to say, God, get my heart right before I come in the house of the Lord. So that when people walk in this door, that nothing comes from my life but the love of Jesus. That when people, they don't, they don't say, oh, he had an attitude. Oh, oh, they look like they didn't want me to be here. Oh, they, they look like they was upset because I was sitting in that seat. No, we ought to make people feel, oh, I felt so welcome. I felt so loved in a world where, no, where people often don't feel welcome enough. When I came in here, that's why David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go in the house of the Lord. But I want you to know, the house of God ought to be a place that's a welcoming place. Can I have an amen? I'm telling y'all, I, I hadn't always done it right, but I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm praying daily. God, I want to grow in love. I want to know the depth, the breadth, the height, and the length of your love. I want to be filled with all the fullness of your love. That was a time I didn't always love people. I remember, you know, when I was first being a pastor, and, and they'd have guys come in with an earring. I preached against earrings. I remember I, I, I ran the guy to the church because he had an earring in his ear. If you got an earring, I still love you. Come on. <laughs> but I used to be nitpicking. I wasn't welcoming. I was fault-finding. Don't talk about if you, you had tattoos from the, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I would preach against tattoos. I might go get me a tattoo to show you all I'm delivered. pastor gonna come in here with a tattoo unity <laughs> unity <laughs> that's a lie I won't come in here with a tattoo but that's all right <laughs> but how many know 
I'm not hung up on those things anymore. I used to be hung up on that. It's amazing how we can make some things that are not important. I, I like the way it, it says that. Listen to what he said. He said, he, I, I'm going to read it again. And don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. Listen, even when it seems that they are strong on opinion, but weak in faith, how many times I've jumped on the wrong thing. But I'm telling you, I'm grateful. I'm learning. We're going to be a welcoming church. Come on, somebody say amen. <laughs> Secondly, if we're going to build unity, we've got to stop jumping on, on people every time they say something you don't agree with. And she don't agree with this woman for 37 years, and I don't agree with everything she said. And she don't agree with everything I say. But we love one another. I don't believe. Unity is not uniformity. I'm going to say that again. Unity is not uniformity. You're not going to think everything I think or believe everything just like I believe. But we can still have unity. We can still love Jesus. We can still declare that there's one faith, one Lord, one baptism to who we call. There's one God and the Savior us all. That's what we unify around. I was recently telling the pastor this about it. He said, well, you know, I, I, uh, he was making excuses why we can't come together. And he was saying, you know, because, you know, uh, our people believe this. I said, listen, we, we have one thing. As long as we believe that we saved because of the Jesus Christ and him alone, we could have unity. I, all that other stuff don't matter. We can walk together in unity because it's about the blood of Jesus. It's about that salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus. That's the only thing that matters. Can I have an Amen. We got to stop making and jumping on issues that's not important. And last thing he says, listen, we got to treat people gently. Now, this is what I've learned, because you don't know their story. Come on, oh yeah. Everybody got a story. And sometimes you get hung up on people, but you don't know their story. You never experienced what they experienced. You never went where they went. You don't know what kind of home they grew up in. And sometimes we get on people and you don't even know their story. And so Paul said, if you're going to have unity, you're going to have to learn how to be gentle with people. You're going to have to learn to treat people the way you want to be treated because you don't know their story. Thank you, Jesus. I'm learning. Come on, let's thank God. I'm growing. Oh, yeah, anybody but I'm committed to grow. I'm committed to growing in love and growing in unity with people because I'm committed that, listen, I'm going to be a welcoming person. I'm not going to jump on people every time they say something I don't agree with, and I'm going to treat people gently because I don't know every, everybody has a unique story. But for the grace of God, who knows? Listen, sometimes we jump on people over something, but you don't know what they've been through. You don't know what, what they hear by the grace of God. If you had to go through that summer, you would have lost your mind. But the fact that they still got their mind is a miracle all in itself. You don't know what people, everybody got a story. And that's why if we're going to have unity, we're going to have to remember everybody got a story. And last thing I want to say as I close. We're going to heal a nation. I said, number one, we're going to have to first of all confess our own sin. Secondly, we're going to have to do the hard work. Strive. Fight for unity. I'm fighting for unity. Let me just tell you, 
I, I'm telling y'all, so you want to know, I'm a pa as a pastor, don't invite me to no meeting and talk about people because they're not there. Because I'm going to stand up. I recently, one time, I was invited to a pastor's meeting, all black pastors. And they started talking about white folk. Pastors. I got up. I said, no, I cannot participate in this. You're talking about my brothers. I will not be a part of anything. Let me just tell you. That's why, listen, when you start getting on this ethnic bandwagon and this about, this about all black folk or all white folk or all Hispanic, God ain't nowhere in it. Oh, yeah. And so let me just tell you, God sits at your dinner table. And God listens to your conversation. And some of the reason why you wonder why there's no flow of the Holy Ghost, why there's no power, is because God listening to your conversation. You can't talk about people at the dinner table and eat them for lunch and then sit next to them at church. Oh, God bless you. Oh, yeah. Hi, I, I love you. You're lying. We got to keep it real. We got to have a genuine love for one another. And the way you do that, let me just tell you, don't talk about people until you invite them in your home and sit down and hear their story. I love to welcome people, especially people from different cultures, because I learned so much. When my kids were growing up, whenever there was a missionary coming to town, I always asked, could they come to our home? Because I always enjoy learning from different cultures, learning different things. So much of what, what I've learned in the Lord has come because I've learned things and seen from with people from different nations and different races and, and learned things and seen from their perspective and hearing their story. And it gave me a great appreciation. I was cleaning out my office. I, don't want, I just want to share this story. I was cleaning out my office. I got a machete from Nagaland, India. It was given to me as a gift. The pastor who, when I first went to this part of India, it's northeast India above, above Pakistan. It's called Dimapur, right below Bangladesh. And they're a group of people, they look more Asian than they look Indian. And they were a tribal people. And the man who let me stay in his home on his wall, he have a machete with hair hanging down from it. And he keeps it there to remind him. His daddy was a headhunter. And he'd kill people, take the head off. And he'd keep the hair and put it on the machete as a, as a symbol. He got it on his wall because he's reminded a missionary came from America and told them the gospel. And because of the gospel, he is saved, his family is saved, and now, which was people who were once headhunters, now they love Jesus. I had the privilege to stay in his home and hear his story. And he had that as a reminder that he's just one generation removed from being a lost heathen who killed people, but now because of the gospel, the good news, because of the gospel of peace. See, the gospel can change you from a headhunter to a man of God. He's a preacher because of the God. Come on, let's thank God for that. That's what we, that's why 
We love, but we learn because we said, people say, lastly, this is the last thing I close. If we're going to have unity, we must proclaim the healing message of Christ. It is the message of reconciliation. I'm going to just jump straight to the, to the message Bible on 2 Corinthians 5, 20. Listen, we're Christ's representatives. Look at somebody and say, you're God's representative. Come on, say, represent him right. God uses us to persuade men and women, listen, to drop their differences. And to enter in to God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking. He's already a friend with you. We have been given the message that can heal the world. It's called the good news of Jesus Christ. One of the greatest privileges is to see how the message of the gospel transforms lives. Regardless of what culture, regardless of what race. We were in China together, Ange and I, sitting with some believers of an underground church. We had to get up late at night and go to church at night because it was they're in a communist country and they're not allowed to worship. And they fed us, and then we had a chance to share and to see how much they loved Jesus. It was so wonderful that they were so hungry for, to know and to hear this gospel because this gospel, this gospel of the kingdom, it changes everything. It changes our world. It changes our home. It changes our lives. It's the gospel of peace. Paul called it in Ephesians, he called it the, the, uh, the gospel of peace. It's not the gospel of war. It's not the gospel of division. It's the gospel of peace. How many know that? It's the gospel that enables us to have peace with God and peace with one another. And when you and I share how this Jesus, see, this is why I tell you, do y'all know that? Listen, I had a praying mama, but I was in a predominantly white school in Gulfport, Mississippi in the, in the 70s. And that was a guy who was previously racist named Bill Poole. I got to get him here before he, he's getting old. I need to bring him here. And he got saved that summer. And God took a racist from Mississippi, changed his life. And the first day of class in 1979, I was a senior. He began to tell me, and shares testimony with all the class how Jesus changed him, how Jesus took away the tobacco, how Jesus took away the hate and the anger, how Jesus took away the drinking, how Jesus took away the cursing. And he said how that Jesus changed his life. I'm telling you, I could not deny that he had a love that I didn't have. And all I knew, one thing, I had religion all my life. But boy, I tell you, he had something. And he invited me and several students to a church in Gulfport, Mississippi in October of 1979 on a Friday night because of a man whose life was changed. See, that's the power of the gospel. 
of formerly racist who didn't like black people. But the power of the gospel, it can transform a life. It can transform a school. Listen to me what happened. Because he shared the gospel with me. Not only with me, it changed. I'm telling you, it began to change our school. It began to change everything. Because this gospel, I'm talking, it'll change your home. It'll change your nation. It'll change the world. And because he shared the gospel, I went to church in Gulfport, Mississippi, Lighthouse Full Gospel Church. And there, at the young age of 18, I surrendered my life to Jesus. And it changed everything. We have the message that the world is looking for. It's not a political message. It's the message of the kingdom. And if we will get our hearts right, if we will live a life of unity, and if we will show and share the love of Jesus, I believe we can heal our world. I believe we can heal our world. I believe we can heal. I believe we can heal this community. I've been praying. Listen, Mark and Judith, I've been praying. God's got to show me, but this is what I've been praying. You know, I got, I got, I got a lot of white, white Facebook friends. I got a lot of Hispanic Facebook friends. I got a lot of black Facebook friends. And, and they've been saying what I share resonates with them. And I've been saying, God, in our community that's so divided, God, how can we bring everybody together to demonstrate to the world? And I've been praying. I'm asking y'all to pray with me because I, I know this is COVID-19, but somehow God wants us to bring people together to show that we can love one another. We can walk in unity. We can care for one another. And I just, I'm asking God to show me how. I don't, I don't, maybe, maybe God to come up with the vaccine first, but I don't, I don't know. But I'm asking the Lord because our world needs to see. They've seen enough hate. They've seen enough division. But let me just say, they, they're tired of angry preachers who preach in hate and division. They need to see the love of Jesus. Can I have an amen? Would y'all pray with me that God would somehow use us to bring healing to this community, healing to this nation, healing to our world. I just believe I have a mandate from God to bring healing and bring unity to our community. I believe we'll pray God will use it. How many of you believe that he'll, he'll use it? Let's close in a word of prayer. God, I, I thank you for today's message. I thank you that, Lord, we have the answer that can heal the world. It's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God to change, to save, to heal, to deliver. It is what our world needs today. Lord, I pray that we will make every effort, every effort, that, Lord, we will fight vigorously to keep unity. That, God, that we will do what Romans 14 says. Lord, we will welcome others with open arms. God, that we will stop finding fault and nitpicking and, and 
disagreeing with people just because of what they say, but Lord, that we will be gentle, realizing that I, I want you to have a story. Lord, do that work in our heart. I, I want you to, wherever you are, listen to me. Only God can do that. This is my heart. Three years ago, one of my members said, Pastor, I know that's your heart, but that's not always some of our members' hearts. And I know this, that if we are going to be a church that heal our community, it got to start in our heart. I don't know your heart. Only God knows your heart. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want to be a healing balm in a hurting world. I, wanna, I want God to use me. I'm willing to repent of some of the things I said and the things I, the way I acted. I'm willing to say, God, whatever it takes, I'm going to work towards you. I'm going to build bridges with people who are different from me. And Lord, I'm going to share this good news. If that's you, I, I, I don't know how you want to respond, if you want to stand, if you want to pray, you want to kneel, whatever. But I just believe I need to give you an opportunity. Because today, I know that if we want to heal the world, we got to start in here. It's going to take a united church to heal a divided world. And if we're going to heal our divided world, it got to start in us. If that's you and that bear witness with you, however you want. If you want to stand and you say, Pastor, that's me. I, I, I'm, I want to commit to do it. If you want to kneel, if you want to sit, whatever you want. To, if that's you, just stand. If, if you want to raise your hand but say, that's what I want. Just, just let me know. That say, I want to be a, I want to be a part of a, a united church that will heal a divided world. If that's you today, just, just if you want to hold your hand up. If you want to kneel, if you want to pray. But say, that's me today. I want to be a part of a united church that will heal a divided world. I see people all over responding. Let's do that. Let's do that. That's what God wants. Oh, come on. That's what, that's what our world is crying out for. They need a united church to heal a divided world. Father, all over this place, Lord, I thank you that, God, that you're bringing people from diverse background, diverse culture, diverse, uh, Lord God, Wherever, God, you don't care with our education. You don't care, Lord God, with our race. You don't care with our political affiliation. Lord, you're not hung up on none of those things. God, the problem is not with you, God. The problem is sometimes with us, Lord. We get hung up. So, Lord, today, we first off, we repent of our hang-ups. We repent, Lord God, for the time part of the problem of ourselves to Lord God, to, to be a part of the problem rather than a part of the solution. God, today, I'm asking, Lord God, that you would just do that work in our hearts right now. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. I, I, I just want to pray along this line. Father, I pray, first of all, Lord God, that we would do the hard work, the hard work, Lord God, of getting our own hearts right. Just, just as Bernice King said, God, we need to do the hard work of repentance, Lord. And so, Father, today, do that in our hearts. I pray, Father, that, Lord, that we will be a welcoming people. Come on. God, in the name of Jesus, in every one of our lives, that, God, we will commit to be a welcoming people. We will welcome people with open arms in our lives, in our home, 
in our churches, Lord. God, I pray that we won't jump on people every time they say something we disagree with. God, we need your help right now. Forgive us, Lord, what we have through our words, through our social media posts, through our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever you call it. Anytime we allow the platform that you've given us to be used as a tool of division rather unity, God, forgive us. Father, we pray that you would give us, Lord God, the gentleness of the Holy Spirit. That we would recognize that everybody has a story. God, I pray that today that we will, as never before, that Lord, you will change us and that we will never ever be content to live in our comfortable silos, just people with other. But God, we will strive to see heaven on earth. So we pray today, Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, because in heaven, there's not going to be no division. God, we pray, let it be so on earth. God, we pray that we would love the way you love. And God, we thank you that today you've heard our prayer. Now do that work in all of our lives that we might be the answer, a unified church and a divided world, that we might bring your healing and your wholeness. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's thank God for it. Oh, come on. Oh. Yes. Come on, let's thank God. Let him do that work in our hearts. Come on. I'm telling you, I want to bless you as you go. If you're here from a different country, different race, I, today is International Day at my house. I don't know what we got. I'm, I'm taking my grace, my wife, what we got today. My wife's shaking her head. But if you're from uh, anywhere, I like to have people, you want to come eat with me today, I'd love for you to come. You just see me at the church. Is that all right? My wife says she just got some chicken and some. That's all right. They're not going to gonna enjoy it anyway. If you're from a different, listen to me. I, I believe if we don't act on the message, we'd be sinning. So I'm letting you know, you come eat by my house today. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, bless your people today. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you. And may the Lord give you his peace. God, may we bring your peace to a world who needs it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God together. My wife and I are in unity. Amen. <laughs> love you. Greet somebody before you go. We love you. I'll be up here. If you need prayer for any reason, I'll be up here. If you need prayer, God bless you.